Star Workforce Studio. And you just do your best. Do what's within you. You can do it, all right? You can do it. You have it within you. It's within you to succeed. VR Workforce Studio, podcasting the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation through the inspiring stories of people with disabilities who have gone to work. As well as the professionals who have helped them. A job and a career. You, you got to look at how life changing this is. And the businesses who have filled their talent pipelines with workers that happen to have disabilities. To help expand registered apprenticeship. These are their stories. Because there's such a great story to tell about people with disabilities. Now, here is the host of the VR Workforce Studio, Rick Sizemore. Welcome to episode 95 of the VR Workforce Studio. Now, this is the point in the show where I normally say, and in our big inspiration showcase today, but as a good friend of mine says, let's pump the brakes. Because I have a really important question for you. How are you? I'm not asking you if you look happy and well-adjusted, even satisfied in your LinkedIn profile or how good you look on social media, but how are you? You know, right now you might be in your car or on a walk or with your earbuds in at your desk, but give me, or at least yourself, an honest answer. How are you? And yes, I'd love to know. Drop me an email. Because a recent study from the University of Chicago says people are the unhappiest they've been in the past 50 years. You can scroll through a quick Google search and find at least a thousand reasons that would cause me to ask you if you're okay. But let me tell you about a text that I got this morning. This is from a key executive who happens to be a close friend of mine who had just finished a three-day online conference. Now, the text is very telling, somewhat perplexing, and this is after years of going to the same conference annually in person, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is what the text said. The sessions and the panels were profoundly better, richer in content, and delivered in an excellent way. Now, the text stream goes on, and it concludes, the last thing anyone wants to do is be involved in another Zoom. We're in a different world, aren't we? The complexities of life, social and racial tensions, unrest, technology, gobbling up more and more of our lives, politics, the pandemic. So I'm starting the podcast this way because it's all connected to how we show up for or maybe log into and how we feel about our work. Just walking around and hearing the stories about how people are not okay in so many ways has a profound effect on how we feel about our work, especially for those of us who work in public service and even vocational rehabilitation. So today is all about taking a few minutes to refocus. Dale Batten joins us to talk about some of the energy, new ideas, and exciting developments at the national level, and it's, well, Mental Health Month. And so we're going to meet in our Big Inspiration Showcase, Shane Williams. Now, he's a guy who has faced numerous obstacles on his journey to employment. So if you'd like to get refocused, let's take a page from Shane's playbook. Sit back, soak in some of what he has to say about being patient and moving forward. 
Welcome to our podcast, Shane Williams. All right. Well, let's get started talking about your job. Tell us uh, what you do and what your average day is like on the job. Um, currently, I'm a supervisor, terminal management specialist with the Office of State Superintendent, DOT Department in Washington, D.C. Um, my daily job function is basically um, the safe and the timely transportation of special needs students within the District of Columbia. It's a nice job, and I'm very much comfortable with what I'm doing. It's an amazing job in a complex system taking care of uh, special needs students. Tell us a little bit about your career pathway through uh, vocational rehabilitation. I was introduced to the um, DAS Job Club located in um, Alexandria, Virginia. You know, job clubs are a really important step for people on their career pathways, but they come in all shapes and sizes. What happened in your job club, Shane? What they basically did was to drill you on the correct and most efficient means to seek and gain the confidence of employers recruiters, and interviewers. It was more like a preparatory, preparatory stage. They focus on dressing for success, having an elevated speech that draws the attention of job recruiters and interviewers, the correct means and method of job searching, resume writing. So I'm curious about the level of challenge. You know, every circumstance is different. Did you feel like you were just going with the flow, or was this a mountaintop type challenge for you? Basically, the job club set a very high standard, and you had to be prepared and ready to receive and accept constructive criticism as well as great encouragement to move forward. So, Shane, did it work? Did the job club get you to a point where you were ready to go out and tackle the world? And everything basically worked hand in hand. So it was a great and a tremendous experience. You know, at the time I was there with um, with at the job club with um, all um, the different counselors and representatives. Well, that's excellent. We've heard from guests on this show uh, about the success of the job club, and it sounds like the job club was effective in helping you find the job that you have now. Exactly, yes. It definitely was the means and uh, the avenue for me to gain my current employment. I'm curious what it's like. Uh, you say you have to be willing to give and receive feedback. That's sometimes a challenge in, in a group setting like that. What was it like for you when people were giving you feedback and encouragement? It was tough at times because sometimes, you know, you have to be on your a1 game. A1 game. <laughs> so what did it look like when you were on your A1 game? It made you made all the relevant adjustments in order to be successful. You know, it brought you up to par in terms of being a, a candidate. So Shane, let's hear about some of these adjustments and how you made them. Take those constructive criticism, all right, and you analyze it. And what I basically do is made all the relevant adjustment to my elevated speech, my resume, update my resume, make sure that um, every job that I applied for that um, 
my education background and my skill set go um, hand in hand with my applications. Now, that is tough. When you have to sit down in front of a group of people and pick apart every little detail and basically rebuild your own employability. It was challenging because there were other members who were there also. There were different um, recruiters who were there. And sometimes you may not be on your A game, but you just, you know, take that opportunity to get better. So, you know, it was not like a one-time resolution. You had to, you know, you had to, like, every week you, you, you try to do better and better and better until you get to the level, you know, whereby you'll be, you know, qualified and well enhanced to move forward. Well, it sounds like you uh, went through this process with the job club and it polished you up right to the place where you were ready to move into the workforce. How how long did it take from the time you started the job club until you were hired uh, down in D.C.? Well, I started on the, um, the job club in the month of June of 2016, and I was hired in the month of March of 2018. So it took a while, but um, during that time, yes, the economy was uh, a little bit tough, you know, and things were starting to get better in terms of the job market, and it was very, very competitive, you know. So, you know, I had to wait the wait, but the opportunity presented itself, and I was able to get in board and all right, so you're in the job club, you're analyzing, you're polishing, but at some point it has to become real and you have to get out there and apply for a job. Tell us about when that happened for you. Thank you very much again to the job club because it was through a recruiter from the District of Columbia whereby I was able to um, give my elevator speech and then um, she showed interest and then I was able to go on the website and I saw a job that um, that matched my um, qualification and skill set, and I was able to apply for that job. And I was um, I was given like two interviews, and I was successful. So you were successful in two different interviews. Now, did this lead to the job you have now? In the month of March, I was I came aboard with the District of Columbia. So it was um, it was some time, but it was worth it, and the training and the encouragement. Definitely, it, it was worth it. That's terrific. That's terrific. Of course, I know Gwendolyn and LaPearl and Kay and, uh, and, and Diane, they're, they're great. They're great counselors. They understand the workforce. They understand disabilities and how to help people develop those skills that moves them into the workforce. Uh, quick question uh, for you. Can you give us a little information about your disability? Oh, my disability was re- um, depression. And, you know, I was, you know, go through those, uh, I was going through some years of, of depression and so forth. And, you know, eventually, you know, um, for my previous job, you know, I'm going to say I was performing really good. But what there were down days and so forth due to the, the illness. But, you know what, I was able to, like, seek help and treatment and go to therapy and so forth. And it, it helped me. I'm not saying that everything is perfect, but it helped me a lot to to fight the fight and um, and the encouragement from the job club and everyone is, you know, I was so, you know, happy and proud, you know, and I'm just thankful. I'm so thankful, you know, for all the encouragement that I get from um, everyone. 
Now, so many of the people who listen to this show are familiar with disability employment. They know the employers who are hiring. But I'm curious if you could say something to an employer uh, who had not hired someone with a disability, what would you encourage them to consider in terms of reaching out to people with disabilities to uh, develop their workforce? What I will say is just be equitable and give everyone a fighting and a fair chance because uh, a disability does not determine the qualification of an individual. It's all within their skill set, their education background, and their heart and desire to succeed. So they should be blinded to those sort of stuff. Whatever you can do to help a disabled person in the workplace, do it. And I definitely think that you can get the best out of them by just giving them that opportunity. So just keep them on the same level as every other candidate. There are no, there are not, not much different between a person who are, may have a disability and a one and someone that does not have a disability. So it's just a be fair and be equitable and give everyone a, a fighting chance. Yeah. A lot of people are in the same situation you were in a few years ago. They're unemployed. They have a disability. They're struggling. What would be your encouragement to a person who has a disability in terms of voc rehab and believing that there's a future pathway for them to employment? Yes, um, do not give up. Um, seek the necessary help, seek the ne- ne- necessary guidance, seek the necessary counseling. Um, you know, don't be ashamed to, you know, go out there to recruiters and interviewers and so forth. And you just do your best, do what within you, you can do it. All right, you can do it. You have it within you, it's within you to succeed. Shane, what an encouraging thing to say that it's within you to succeed. But what's important for people to know about how you define success? Succeeding is is more a mental thing than a physical thing. So, you know, you're worth it and just keep pushing and just keep fighting. Yeah. What would you want people to know most about your experience in vocational rehabilitation and, and moving into the workforce? I believe um, just do not get discouraged because there were times that, yes, there were times that I tell myself, you know what, is this job tough for me? Should I continue? Well, you know, during any significant undertaking, we all have to have those little voices uh, in our heads that help us deal with the, the challenges to keep us moving forward. What do your voices say to you when you're feeling challenged? I tell myself, you know what, I have to press on because... Um, Miss Scott and Miss LaPearl and Miss Birch and Miss McBride, they are here to help us, you know, to see, for us to recognize the good in us. So just, you know, take the opportunity to, to get help, you know, go out there, you can join DAS and, you know, and focus in and just continue to be consistent and the opportunity definitely going to present itself because there were many before me who um, got opportunities to move on with it in their career and uh, with this federal government and different private sector agency. So the same way that we can do it, you can do it also. Don't be discouraged. All right, just keep pressing on. 
What an amazing and inspiring story. Shane Williams, thank you for being on our podcast today. Thank you very much. Here's Chip Stratton on emergency preparedness for individuals with disabilities. How would this look if I were completely alone for three days? Think about the disasters that can impact our area, where you live, where you work, where you visit. Knowing the best response for your personal circumstance and who better to advocate than you. Make a plan. If you use paratransit, touch base with them and make sure they are going to run during an emergency or that they know that you're on the top of, of a list. The local emergency management office, same thing. Let them know who you are, where you are, what your unique circumstances are. Final thing is a kit. Food, water, medications, mm-hmm. supplies. Again, being very specific to what you need. You know what a normal day looks like. So now think of what that would look like on an abnormal day. FEMA.gov is an excellent site full of resources and information. Ready Virginia, and you can get apps for all those, gathering as much information as possible. For more information, visit VADARS.org. Here's Tim Woodward, the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Valley District Director, with a special message for teachers. Let's face it, this school year has been, at best, unusual. But we're getting through it, in part thanks to our amazing teachers. Teachers change the lives of our clients every day. And in a year where instruction could be virtual, in person, or a mix of both, their immense work and impact have provided a much-needed sense of community and connection. Despite the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, our teachers are working hard to ensure every student has the tools they need to reach their full potential. For more information about our programs and services, as well as the amazing work of our teachers, please visit us at wwrc.virginia.gov. On the VR Workforce Studio podcast today, Dale Batten, uh, my good friend for many years, I refer to her as Dee Dee, as most people who know her do. She directs the Division of Rehabilitative Services at the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services. Welcome to the podcast, Dee Dee. Good morning, Rick. Glad to be with you this morning. Great, beautiful morning. And congratulations on all the great work that's going on at Virginia DARS. We're very excited about um, getting back to what we consider a new norm, a new environment for our serving our customers, Rick. And opportunities are exploding for training, apprenticeships, and job opportunities. So we're ready. There's lots of jobs out there. That's very exciting. Yes, it is. Uh, you just uh, finished up the spring conference of uh, the Council of State Administrators for Vocational Rehabilitation, CSAVR. People who listen to this podcast are really familiar with that uh, that acronym. How was the conference? The conference was wonderful. The theme this year was working together and moving forward. And I am here to tell you, Rick, that every speaker spoke of what we've been through for the last year, but opportunities and ability to move forward with everything for our customers, those that have not been able to maximize their opportunities um, since 2020. It was just a moment to really reflect and get excited about moving forward in rehab on a national level. Companies came together in conversation. um, Speakers came together in conversations that really talked about um, legislative things that I'm trying to move forward and um, businesses came together to talk about how they're working with our customers and our partners. 
workforce development partnerships. So it's exciting. The conference was a virtual conference. The fall conference was virtual. The spring conference was virtual, just ended. And I'm here to tell you that we had over 500 members or participants and everybody got something out of the conference. I mean, it's really exciting to see that we can have that many still get great information and ability to learn from each other on a national level in a virtual environment. With all the challenges of uh, the pandemic and everything that has happened, uh, the online conference has really emerged as a great option to get more people there. How are people being able to relate uh, to the to the content from uh, a computer screen several hundred miles away? You know, Rick, now the world of work is a uh, computer screen, Zoom for multiple hours at a time. So this was three hours, um, three days in a row. Last week, we had two days of leadership training. And because of the conversations that can be carried on through the chat room and um, just through question and answering periods in the sessions, people learn from each other. And where we may have been in person, we would have separated to different sessions Um, But this was a way for all participants to be in the same session at the same time and really give information and um, helpful hints to others in the sessions through the chat responses on best practices. And um, so even though it was virtual, I think, and it was a long three days, I will say that it was still beneficial and very fulfilling for all states to hear from each other. Yeah, absolutely. So what's one of the most inspiring things you heard from the participants? How we as state agencies and VR um, work with the legislative bodies to try to help them understand from a federal level what we're needing for service delivery in light of what has happened in 2020. And there was some um, legislators that spoke to us just yesterday Um, And one very powerful uh, message from one of the directors of the state uh, mentioned that we are working together with our workforce partners, our American job centers, that we together can really help people come out of poverty. And that's something that just kind of really, I think, stuck to home or really striked very positive to everybody in the sessions. The other thing that someone said yesterday afternoon, a congressman or woman, um, was that we really are now having to make an impact. Um, What we do and how we do it matters, and that has a big impact on how we continue service delivery. So hearing those kind of messages and people responding in the chat saying this is powerful, I think I agree with it 100%, really makes you think about and get excited about moving forward and what you're going to be doing in your own state. Conversations about apprenticeships and partnerships that are are ongoing. What's the, what's the buzz about apprenticeships? Believing that um, apprenticeships are still great opportunities for our populations, but really helping the um, organizations and businesses understand that we may have to look at apprenticeships in a different way for the disabled population and just the service delivery model of um, 
the academics, how we actually work with them, being able to pass the academics of the apprenticeship programs. And I'm telling you, Rick, there are opportunities out here. We have opportunities for demonstration or discretionary grants now. And Dole, Department of Labor and Industry, in many states are looking at working with our organizations, VR programs and apprenticeship programs for our population, the disabled population. So it's a new initiative that's really kind of, you know, we've had it in our agency and done very successful with it in Virginia, DARS, Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services, uh, with our Wilson Workforce and Rehab Center. But you're hearing more about that on a national level through the National Employment Network with Kathy West Evans and other states now. Absolutely. Uh, Dee Dee, you've been doing this work for decades, uh, not only as a counselor, but as an evaluator, as an executive in vocational rehabilitation. As as you leave the conference, uh, where where do you see us in our evolution uh, today versus through the past decades of service that you've provided? Rick, um, you're correct. I've been in this field for a very long period of time and still very passionate about what I do for working with persons with disabilities or individuals with disabilities and helping them become successful. I'm thinking now, and this was throughout the theme of the conference, the diversity, equity, and inclusion is a big emphasis among everybody. In any um, leadership training you're um, taking now or any conversations, it's all about how do we really rethink refresh our service delivery models so that we're really being inclusive, um, really reaching out to those that are underserved, those we have not served, and how do we make it equitable for everybody um, that we're going to serve moving forward? Well, that is exciting for sure. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. And any final thoughts or conclusions about the conference? It was a great conference. I'm looking forward to now the fall conference. I'm really looking forward to talking to some of the speakers and gathering some of the information that came out of the conference and utilizing that for strategic planning for our VR program in our state, but also working with other states from some of the speakers to kind of look at best practices and kind of help that being inclusive in what we're doing and moving forward. Talking to other states about how we together can make a diversity equity and inclusion uh, model for success in every VR program around this nation. Dale Batten directs the Division of Rehabilitative Services at the Virginia Department for Aging Rehabilitative Services. Thank you for being on our podcast today, Dee Dee. Thank you, Rick, and have a great day yourself. Well, it's time for our National Clearinghouse Update with the always entertaining and informative Sherry Takamoto. Welcome to the podcast, Sherry. Hey, Rick. Well, May is Mental Health Month. Yes, and COVID-19 pandemic, running, running, running has been a punch to the gut. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, I've, um, I'm sharing some resources on trauma-informed care this month because the Center on Research and Disability has found that most severely affected are the populations characterized by the intersection of race, poverty, and disability, as well as the organizations that serve them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what did you think of Shane's story? 
thank you for finding Shane, Rick, because I also want to share some resources from the NCRTM on culturally responsive practices that span the intersection of disability with race, including Black, Indigenous, and people of color, or BIPOC, LGBTQ, poverty, justice involved, homeless, and other facets of diversity. I also am particularly interested in a set of resources shared by the RSA-funded sign language interpreting grantees who help us understand deaf culture as a part of all this diversity. The National Clearinghouse is such a treasure trove of resources for the vocational rehabilitation professional and others. Thank you for the work that you're doing, Sherry, and thank you for being such an awesome member of our podcast team here at VR Workforce. Thanks, Rick. Here's Lynn Harris, director of the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation. The foundation is pleased to bring you these exciting stories of how vocational rehabilitation is changing people's lives. Your support helps students gain the skills and credentials they need to be successful in business and industry. We thank all of our partners in podcasting who made this episode possible. The Council of State Administrators of Vocational Rehabilitation, CVS Health, Dominion Energy, Dykin Applied, Hollister Inc., and United Bank. You can find out more about becoming a sponsor at wwrcf.org or find our contact information in the show notes at vrworkforcestudio.com. You can always find another exciting episode as we podcast the sparks that ignite vocational rehabilitation here at the VR Workforce Studio. Until next time, I'm Rick Sizemore. The VR Workforce Studio podcast is owned and operated by the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation. The foundation publishes and distributes the VR Workforce Studio and manages all sponsor arrangements. Audio content for the podcast is provided to the Wilson Workforce and Rehabilitation Center Foundation by the Virginia Department for Aging and Rehabilitative Services in exchange for promotional considerations.